Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God I would lay on your hearts today comes from the second chapter of First Peter, verses four through four through ten, as follows. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also to which also they to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So far the Holy Word. Dear friends in Christ, fellow redeemed, In our day, it seems that all too often news is bad news. In fact, usually something doesn't make the news unless it's bad. And, well, just so that they don't leave you totally depressed, they'll throw in a nice humanitarian report on something to make you feel good. It's good to have a hope or something that you can put in your heart and mind to have on your heart that gives you joy that makes you look forward to the days and weeks ahead. Maybe it's a goal. Maybe it's an upcoming vacation. Maybe it's a grandchild. Maybe it's any number of things that are good. And we know that everything that is good in this life comes down from our Father in Heaven. The Apostle James wrote that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Here it is, the fifth Sunday of Easter. In other words, it's been four weeks, four and a, well, five weeks since Easter Sunday. And we're still talking about the resurrection. In fact, this text reminds us that Jesus is alive. It refers to him right away in the opening text as the living stone. And we've come to remember, remind ourselves, we've come to believe through God's powerful word that we too are alive in the Spirit, that He has given us the gift of faith that believes in Him, and that right now, just like the end of these verses tell us, once you were not His people, but now you are a people. Once you had not obtained mercy, but now, right now, you have obtained mercy. That's something we can put in our hearts and minds today and every day. On this day that we... Uh, on Cantate Sunday, which means uh, sing a new song unto the Lord, uh, we can put this thought in our heart that our living Savior, Jesus Christ, has made us alive too. 
We are alive in the Spirit, which means we will never die. We will live on into eternity. Even when our bodies quit, our soul will always be alive. In effect, just like Jesus is called the living stone, we too are living stones and privileged to proclaim this message to all the world. That's good news. That's good news that we can take away and think about the rest of today and tomorrow and and all next this coming week. Today our theme is You Are His Living Stones. It's appropriate because it was just about a year ago uh, towards the end of May, last year at the end of May, we had our 100 year anniversary. And this was the anniversary text. That's why our banners have like living stones built into a spiritual house commemorating the hundred years that the Lord has blessed us with His grace. Reminding us last year already that we, we are alive because of Christ. We are part of His spiritual building, His church, the household He is putting together. What a great thing to understand that we are His, we are God's spiritual stones. That the Lord God is building right now through you His spiritual house. And the Lord God right now is sending His gifted people. And that's you too. The Lord God is building His spiritual house. I don't know if you noticed in the first few verses here, but the word precious is used three times. And it's all referring to Jesus. It starts out, Coming to Him as to a living stone. The hymn is Jesus. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen of God. And precious. Now, when you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you come upon it again and again. Where God announces, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You find out how the Lord views His Son, His only begotten Son. It is with great love. This verse tells us, that God views him as precious. What is precious to us? Well, you know, there's all kinds of things in the earth. Usually, uh, from a Christian point of view, the most precious thing we have is, of course, the Word of God, our Savior Jesus Christ, faith in that, and the gifts that God gives us that He wants us to have, the gifts of family, children, grandchildren. Uh, Probably those are the most precious things in our life. There are other things that this world offers that become precious to us, family heirlooms. But God calls His Son, Jesus, precious. And then He calls Him precious again in verse 6. Behold, I lay in Zion, Zion's another name for the church, I lay in the church a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. Jesus is precious to God. It makes you wonder, well, what would you... What were you thinking when you took your precious only begotten son and offered him up in our place as a sacrifice? We know what God was thinking. Because John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world. And it's just astounding to me when I think that God so loves his only begotten son. The father loves his son. He is precious to him. And yet it's while we were still sinners that God so loved us that he sent his only begotten Son, the Son whom He loves, the precious One, to the cross to be a sacrifice in our place. 
so that when his blood was shed, it covered our sins and took them away. So that God could look at you and me and declare us not guilty. He could declare us righteous because of what Christ has done. That is the stone, the building, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, precious to God. And the third use of the word precious here, precious to us. From verse 7, Therefore to you who believe, He is precious. Isn't He precious to us? Of course. Our Savior Jesus, the one who washed away all our sins, the one who promises to be with us and be near us every moment of every day, the one who teaches us the good things um, that we are to know through His powerful Word, the one who's right there, uh, not far away, but as we open the pages of the Scriptures, there with His love and encouragement, There also with His entire Word helping us and guiding us on that narrow path to heaven. He is building His spiritual house. You are referred to in these verses as a stone. And it's not meant as a uh, something to put you down. It is meant as a compliment. Not just a regular stone, a brick or a piece of masonry, but a living stone actively alive and with a purpose involved in the spiritual house that God is putting together. The Lord God has a plan for His church. And we know what that plan is. God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's will. He wants everyone to be saved. Ever since Satan locked us in in the Garden of Eden through the fall into sin, and since then we've been battling that sin, we battle it every day of our lives, God came up with the answer for our captivity. He freed us with faith that believes in the forgiveness of those sins, in the complete wiping out of those that handwriting on the wall that was against us. He freed us from those accusations by taking them on and paying the price for them Himself in His body while He hung on the cross. And when He died, all our sins died with Him. And that's what Easter so revived and jogged our memories of the good news of what that meant for us. That because He rose, we will too. That because He rose from the grave, we'll always be alive. This text backs it up. You, like living stones are being built up. Built up in something very important, this spiritual house of God. Now throughout here, God talks about uh, a very important teaching in the Bible called the universal priesthood of all believers. You know what that means? It simply means that God gives you, each one of you, the authority Uh, the universal authority to be His representatives, to go out and tell other people about Him, to be His ambassadors. You can bring the Gospel message that saves. All you have to do is speak the Word. And that Holy Spirit will work through the Word just like He did in your heart, and He will do a miracle. He will effect changes just like He did in in your life. The Holy Spirit works through His Word, so... Be the ambassador for Christ. Lay down the Word of God. That's part of our spiritual work as His 
as the universal priests that He has made us. You know, I look out in the congregation and I know you all. And I know some of, most of you, I know your talents and abilities, some things that stand out. You know, when you were a kid, your parents looked at you and said, wow, there's, a, there's where the talent is or there's where this particular talent, maybe we should cultivate that talent and, make it, and bring it out. And maybe a teacher saw something in you, an athletic ability or an educational... Uh, 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 well, like maybe you were mathematically minded and someone helped you draw that out. Well, the gifts that God bestows upon you as His priests, as His ambassadors are not anything that He sees in you. Not at all. See, God doesn't call the qualified in His church. He qualifies the called. He fills you. He makes and molds out of you the correct instrument to serve Him and to bring His Word. He does just what our our text tells us. He He builds us up in His spiritual house through the power of His Word. He's the one who caused us to believe in the first place. He's the one who uh, gives us the priesthood. He gives us the ability to offer up sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Sacrifices. Well, that means living a Christian life. Uh, Out of gratitude, of course, for what God has done for us. But staying with it, fighting against our own sinful natures that doesn't want to do what's right in God's sight, but uh, going with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is alive and well in each one of us and wants to do what's right. The Spirit does that in us. And that's how we are part of God's spiritual house. He's building us up. The Lord then sends us out as His gifted people. Again, you are the spiritual priesthood of God. And every believer is that way. Did you know, for instance, that not only can you bring God's Word to people, but did you know that as one of God's dear children, a believer, you can administer the other sacraments? Not only just telling people about God, but you have the authority and power to to baptize every one of you. You have the authority and the power given to you by the Almighty to give Holy Communion. That sounds like a strange thing to hear, I know, because you've been seeing me do it for all these years. And every once in a while we talk about this fact that the authority to give the means of grace to hand it out belongs to each one of us. Now another sermon needs to be devoted to talking about the fact that I have the divine call as a public servant of God's Word, and you as a, one of the spiritual priests of God's kingdom have allowed you, given your authority to me to distribute communion in this public format. You've given your authority to me to make sure our children are baptized at the font. Uh, you as a collective congregation have done that. But each of you possesses the power. And those truths are not anywhere in Scripture more underlined than they are right here. Look at that in verse verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. God empowers you with these things. It's like talents you never knew you had because you didn't. But God gives them to you. He, He is the one who... Uh, makes you part of that chosen generation. 
You know, one of the uh, Old Testament claims, and even the New Testament claims, and even today, the Jewish nation makes the claim that they are the children of God. Because they think that being uh, part of a, a blood relationship, part of a just being a, a Jew, entitles them to the title of being a chosen, uh, part of the chosen people of God. Paul lays that to rest in Romans chapter 9 when he tells them that's not what being part of the chosen generation is all about. Being part of the chosen people of God is being children of the promise. That is, just like you and me, believing in Jesus Christ. That makes us the real, the genuine people of God, the chosen people of God. We are the children of Abraham by faith. Now, in our text, we have a verse that might be confusing if you didn't understand it correctly because, you know, you've believed in God because He gave you the faith to understand it. But as you go out and you tell other people with the gifts that God's outfitted you, knowing that you are one of His priests, one of His ambassadors to represent Him, to take that means of grace out there, you're going to go out there and not everybody's going to listen to you. There are many who will outright reject the message you are trying to bring to them. You are, like I said at the beginning of the sermon, there are some things that isn't it wonderful to have the joy of the gospel on our hearts, to know what that means in our lives daily. Of course, it is. We so want our loved ones and people we know to have that same joy in their hearts. And yet, when you lay it out in front of them, sometimes it doesn't take. And why doesn't it take? It's not because the Word of God has no effect. The Word is efficacious, which means it has its own power within itself. And the Word is what does it. Not, not you presenting it, to, but the Word working in their hearts. But why didn't it work? And the answer is right here in our text. Um, Verse 7, Therefore to you who believe, He is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He's quoting the Old Testament. And he quotes it again in verse 8. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. Now don't misunderstand. Uh, this, this is talking about people who reject God's word. And specifically, he's talking about the Jews. Even when G Jesus was promised long ago to come from the Jewish nation, Abraham, the father of the Jews, had that promise that in you and in your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that came true on that um, first Christmas morning in Bethlehem. Jesus was born of the lineage of David in the town of Bethlehem, as foretold. All those Old Testament prophecies came true. Jesus was born in the Jewish nation, to the Jews. And that's why it says here, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. But uh, to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They didn't get it. They didn't get it because they willingly disregarded Jesus. They turned away from him. Now don't be fooled by this, by that, at the end of verse 8 where it says, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. They were disobedient to the word, that's why they stumble. 
And doesn't that happen in our life that every time we have problems it's because we're disobedient to God's Word? Oh yes. But not like this. To reject God's Word means to totally be disobedient. To which they were also appointed. (laughs) Now, uh, you've got to be careful with that phrase. They weren't appointed to stumble. They were appointed the Word of God. Paul tells us that in another chapter in Romans where he says, did, 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 is there any advantage to being a Jew? Absolutely, Paul says. For to them were committed the oracles of God. The Jews had the Bible and no other nation under, in, the, in the world had the Bible. To them were committed the oracles of God. They had the Bible to which they were appointed. They were appointed the Word of God. And it's that Word of God that they're disobedient to. When we bring as God's ambassadors the Word of God to our friends, our family, our neighbors, to those whom we love, because we want them to share in the joy that we have, be aware that uh, the Word of God that you bring is going up against unbelief. And unbelief can be a rock of offense. It can cause people to stumble. It can cause people to, be, to refuse to hear the Word. It's always their fault it's never God's fault for you know, not being convincing enough or not you know, using the Holy Spirit strong enough. People don't believe the Word because they are not willing, as Jesus tells us in a different place. But don't worry. It's not because you didn't present it correctly or you didn't say the right thing. As God's spiritual priesthood of all believers, which you are, you lay down His Word which He has given you. It all comes from Him. He supplies you with His gifts. And people will hear through that Word. It may not be exactly what you want to hear and see as a result. But when you plant the seed of God's Word, you may never see the results until Judgment Day. But they will have long-lasting results and effects. The Lord says, So shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth, It shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. We are the living stones of God built up in a a spiritual house. It's It's His kingdom and it's here right now. It's His ongoing ruling activity in our hearts. And if you want something to be happy about for the rest of today and the rest of this week in your life, think of yourself as a living stone in that spiritual house of God. That gospel message of what God has accomplished in you and in your heart and in your life for all eternity will bring back the joy of your salvation in your life. Easter reminded us that Jesus is alive. Here in our fifth Sunday Easter text, we get it again. He is a living stone. And through Him we too have been given that title, Living Stones, part of God's house. The Lord is sending us His gifted people, His living stones, to continue with that building project. Let us with joyful hearts and a song in our hearts of praise to God, thank Him for making us living stones. In Jesus' name, Amen.